0: Welcome, everybody, to the Art City Paranormal Podcast. I am Kyle, your tour guide through the weird, and welcome um, to episode 24. Episode 24. We've done this 24 times, and you're back, hopefully. If this is the first time you've ever listened to this, uh, we really appreciate you checking in checking in with us and, and checking out the podcast. Uh, hopefully, you'll have a good time. Hopefully, we can make you smile between now and the end of the hour, and you'll get some information, some paranormal BS to go with. I've got some stuff lined up for today. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, we're two weeks now since the last one uh, we posted. was out of town last weekend, so didn't get to, to post a, a podcast. I uh, went out of town with the fantasy football league that I'm with, uh, drank copious amounts of alcohol, and basically abused my liver for three days. Uh, so the podcast was put aside for a week. We appreciate you sticking with us and, and, and listening uh, to the ones that have been listening with us. If you're not aware, we got picked up by iHeartRadio. Uh, they reached out um, probably about a month ago, wanted our information for the podcast, and then I guess reviewed it, and now you're able to listen to us on iHeartRadio. So if you're listening to us the first time through iHeart, it's brand new to us. We're really glad to have you. Really appreciate the listener support that we've had because that's exactly how we got noticed. So if, if you're back again... After putting up with me and the weird topics that I'm able to come up with, we appreciate you checking back in. Appreciate you making this worthwhile and appreciate uh, getting the name for Art City out there this this week. Interesting stuff. We've got a uh, microbial space travel, which I found super interesting. So obviously, I'm I'm going to talk about that. Uh, the Goat Man. Has anybody ever heard of this before? The Goat Man. Some interesting pictures on the internet. Uh, We will have a Google this today, but it ties into another topic that I've got. And then also media uh, manipulation. Easy for me to say. I am one hell of an order. Media manipulation and uh, how it works against every single one of us and shapes our view of the world and uh, the people that share it with us. We'll talk about that today as well. And probably along the way, I'll end up on a couple different tangents may run over an hour. We may be less than an hour when it's me by myself and I'm just babbling at you. I try to keep the shows to an hour. That's a little bit different when we've got some of the other team members in here because the tangents get way off base and they get a hell of a lot more interesting than just listen to me babble. So yeah, this past weekend went out, uh, a fantasy football league. Uh, It was my first year uh, with these guys. And we went out and had a great time, rented a cabin, uh, in the Hocking Hills. And like I said, basically just went and abused our liver for a few days. Um, lots of fun stuff happened. Uh, there was, uh, apparently professional cooler wrestling. And I do mean that's uh, cooler. Like you would absolutely uh, store your beer in. Um, glad to say that the, uh, the, uh, human combatant, uh, in that bout uh, was a winner. Uh, he's, trained in jujitsu so the cooler did have an advantage for a moment i do believe Uh, but when it was all said and done the human was able to come out on top so that was a good thing i just wish i had video but that was that was what we got into that's that's how oh that's how interesting it got good time sat around the fire uh, smoked cigars just had just had a good time, so that was why we were a week away uh, from the podcast. And, but we're back again, and again, glad to have you back. If you've been here before, if it's your first time here, thanks for giving us a shot. Uh, but you can listen to us on iHeartRadio Radio now. So if you're a lot, I know a lot of folks use that for their radio basically now. Uh, but you can find Art City Paranormal on there. If you give us a, a listen, maybe cut down on some apps on your phone or your computer. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah. So yeah, maybe we're, maybe we're able to consolidate the media on your phone. Maybe I'm able to save you some space on your phone. Cause like I said, it's always, it's always a little creepy that you've got an app on your phone where I just show up and then you come here and you listen, uh, to me, talk about professional cooler wrestling. So yeah, I still think that's a little weird, even this far into it. And apparently there's enough of you that do it that we're getting noticed, but I do appreciate it. So anyway, let's get it. Let's get into it. Let's just, let's dive right in microbial space travel. I found this super interesting because, you know, we've spent, um, a couple times, uh, for anybody new uh, more than once here, we've talked about how there is a theory out there that, uh, the jump in primate evolution, there's a theory out there by ufologists saying that Possibly our DNA was manipulated by extraterrestrials and where this experiment, there was such a a large jump from Australopithecus to Homo sapiens of today, that there had to be some type of intervention in there along the way. And again, I've touched on it and what I believe the theory, the theory I believe is that there was no extraterrestrial intervention is just, it's the advent of fire. Uh, With the advent of fire, it became easier to process protein, cooking it, then made humans uh, more readily able to grow this big ass brain that we haul around with us to learn other things. And of course, just like any other evolutionary jump, uh, basically caveman with bigger brain was able to provide better for caveman. Or excuse me for for cave woman. Cave woman said, "Hey, our babies are going to be better. They're going to survive easier. I want to be with caveman with bigger brain because he feeds me better and he'll obviously take care of my children better." And that's how evolution works, kids. So that being said, though, microbial space travel. There's been a study going on with the International Space Station about how how and if microbes can survive in space. And I'm going to pronounce the microbe wrong, uh, but you're welcome to Google it. That's not our Google list, but you're welcome to Google it. uh, Okay, here we go. D-E-I-N-O-C-O-C-C-U-S. So we're going to call it, we're going to call the microbe. We're going to call this microbe D. Study went on with it they would actually attach groups of these microbes to the outside of the space station to see what exposure in space would do to them. And certain, certain groups of these microbes were not able to survive. However, what they found out is if they were packed together in outer layers thick enough. So as an example, I'll just, i just quote from the article right here that I'm looking at after three years of space, bacteria and 100 micrometer thick pellets did not make it. DNA analysis suggested the radiation had fried their genetic material. Now the other groups, the outer layers of 500 and 1000 micrometer thick pellets were dead too, discolored by ultraviolet radiation and DNA uh, desiccation. But those dead cells shielded inner microbes, from the hazards of space, approximately four percent of the microbes of those larger pellets survived. So this brings about the theory of meteorites bringing life to Earth. We may already be living with extraterrestrials here on our planet through this basic, uh, like a mar- microbial arc. They're on another planet, it's kicked up into the atmosphere, taken out into space. Because a lower gravity and thinner atmosphere either attaches to a a asteroid meteorite, gets its way to Earth, uh, drifts down through the atmosphere, obviously low friction because of how small it is, lands here on our planet, and these microbes are able to survive. So we could already be surrounded by extraterrestrial life and not even know it because we don't understand where it came from. And the reason they did this study, you have to think about space travel. They're eventually thinking, well, we're going to go and we're going to colonize Mars. Well, there's also, there's going to be side effects to that. Like you, you take humans, you take humans to another place. There's going to be side effects of that. We're going to bring along shit that isn't native to that planet. Very similar to what happened on the continents here when we had explorers come over from Europe and their diseases infected the Native Americans and killed off hundreds of thousands of them. So the very same thing could happen with other planets. And the the theory is now that possibly we have already experienced extraterrestrial, very easy for me to say, no, I have not been drinking yet today. We have already, we're already living side by side with extraterrestrials, that, that life from another planet that traveled here in these, on these microbial arcs. So it's a, it, it goes to say that maybe there has been alien intervention with humans, but not to the point where it actually modified our DNA and made our brains bigger. And we're some, you know, they're, they're observing us. They're observing us now. I do kind of think that they're observing us intelligent life off planet. I do think that they're observing us and they're probably very interested in just how dumb we are and how we've been able to. To come along with some of the technological advances that we have. But it's an interesting theory to think that well, maybe we already are living beside Martians. Maybe we already, you know, have some type of Jupiter DNA and plants outside, or even in us, that we've adapted to, and that we've actually evolved from this extraterrestrial extraterrestrial, again, difficult for me to say extraterrestrial life that has come here. So extrapolating from the uh, survival data after one and two and three years of exposure, uh, the scientists es- estimate that a 1000 micrometer pelops could survive eight years just floating through space. And the quote is that's enough time to potentially get to Mars. So the worry is, is that we would also contaminate other planets, but it does bring up the theory of that. We're already living side by side with extraterrest- extraterrestrials. I'm having so much trouble. Not today what is that all about? Words are difficult folks. They're difficult. There's all these letters and they they put them together in these groups and then they're called words and they're difficult a lot of times. So that's interesting. And then also it segues nicely into our next story, but what do you think? Could this have already happened? They've documented that is, is absolutely possible. They've signed scientifically. I can't talk. (laughs) This is why I need other people in the room. I'm left to my own devices and I start overthinking and words become very difficult. Like I said, I've not even been drinking yet today. So what do you think? Is it a possibility that we've got alien life already here is a, is a beautiful flower in your garden. Originally some type of genetic material that came from another planet here on an asteroid or drifted down on its own. After surviving years in space, and it's so normal that we don't even consider it to be alien. Would it document some type of other evolutionary missing link in another animal here? I mean, look at platypuses. Lay it's got a beak, it lays eggs, it's a it's a it's a, it's a it's for all other intents and purposes, it's a mammal. <clears throat> Giraffes, extra long neck horse, really, spotted horse. What is that an Appaloosa? Hmm. I don't know. Might be something to Google. So actually, modification of DNA actually segues really nicely, into our next story. And that's the Goat Man. Now, if you haven't heard of this before, it's um, it is a human-goat hybrid that typically. Attacks teenagers uh, when they're at their favorite makeout spot, if you know what I mean. Teenage group sessions, put it that way. In the back of your boyfriend's car, that's when Goatman typically attacks. <clears throat> so, lots, lots of these stories, that's how these stories go. A couple teenagers drive out to their favorite makeout spot, you know, like horny teenagers do. They're in their middle of their base running, and what happens? Goatman shows up, shakes the car, scares the shit out of them, and then they drive off into the night, uh, completely worried that now they're going to be chased by this cryptid, this cryptozoological freak that is Goatman, and that's how like almost all the stories go. That you hear about this guy. Typically the stories come out of uh, Maryland, Kentucky and Texas, which is odd. Not that there's so few, You don't, they're so geographically spaced out. Like when we talk about, whenever we talk about Bigfoot, it's usually a, a pretty wide area. In fact, I mean, worldwide people talk about Bigfoot, Yeti, Sasquatch, that somebody somewhere has a big hairy guy story and that's what they talk about this this freak in the woods you know uh, sort of looks sort of looks like a man but he's really hairy and he makes weird noises and sometimes they thump on trees so the the odd thing about this is these are pretty localized for experiences that p- these people are having in Maryland, Kentucky, and Texas. So we'll start off in Maryland, which is a very interesting story when we talk about modif- uh, DNA modification. The the story out of Maryland basically is this, uh that the the man is a CIA experiment used to uh, develop soldiers that could easily infiltrate behind enemy lines and survive easily. The the theory being Okay, it's a man hybrid goat. So then rather than having to pack in food or anything like that, they could sort of be under the radar. They're eating grass. If you look anywhere in the world, there's some there's some version of a goat there. Anywhere in the world. Any environmental situation, there's some type of goat nearby. So the theory is the CIA and military experimentation on humans and goats hybrid and they created this thing and this thing is this animal with a goat's head uh with a relatively human torso and then the legs for whatever reason the in the genetics the the rear hindquarters was the more dominant over a human DNA. So they have those, those, those legs, you know, like bend backwards, like the knees are backwards in comparison to a humans, like for, you know, like for your dog or, well, you know, goat legs. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Imagine that. So anyhow, uh, these reports are so thick in Maryland about people having these experiences and seeing these things that the, the, um, okay. So there's so many reports that come out of Maryland to come out with, with this DNA they're supposedly being messed with and they've come up with this cryptid and this, this guy is in the woods now and he's harassing teenagers. There's so many of these reports that USDA actually has to come out and officially deny that that happened. The CIA quietly never said anything, but the USDA did actually come out and officially deny the existence of this. So that's how bad it got, almost to the point where you see those old UFO reports and, you know, the, the Air Force had to come out and say, hey, look, there's not, nothing to see here. It's a weather balloon. So basically, the USDA comes out with their own story. Like, look, this is just a weather balloon harassing these kids. It's just this rogue weather balloon. We don't know why it doesn't want these kids groping each other in the backseat of their car. But it's not real. It's not happening. So, interesting there. So, And then in Kentucky, there's one quick report in Kentucky that... Um, where people were so scared of the sighting that they would jump to their death from this bridge over this Pope Lick Creek. You can go ahead and look that up. Pope Lick Creek. The bridge there that they would become so scared of this cryptid that they would actually jump to their death. Now, you could probably factor in that maybe this was just suicides. People didn't want to... Maybe the family said, oh, they must have been scared of the goat men. Bobby would have never jumped off a bridge. He was a happy dude. So those are some of the reports in Kentucky. Texas gets really interesting. Uh, mid sixties, uh, three couples, this is in Fort Worth. So relatively suburban urban area, mid sixties, uh, three couples, uh, go out uh, to their spot, a couple different cars, I guess. Um, and they're doing their horny teenager thing, whatever, you know, whatever they do Probably smoking some grass, you know, that type of thing like the kids do. So they're doing their thing, and then all of a sudden, one of the vehicles is just shaken. And the 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 couple in the other car looks over and sees on the roof of this vehicle what appears to be a large, cryptid, half human, half goat, this goat head, this menacing like stare, menacing goat stare with those rear goat legs, and it's on the roof of this vehicle. Of course, they get started and they bolt. Of course, the folks in the car are freaking out. Yeah, they get behind the wheel of the vehicle, get it started, and 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 take off. So everybody gets out. Everybody gets away safe. These three couples, these sixteens, they're safe. They're so scared though, they actually go to the police department to report it. Now, when they show up to the police department, they're they're telling you know this thing jumped on our roof, you know this really happened. And of course, you have to picture yourself as you're this probably this sergeant in the middle of the night. So let's say it's one o'clock in the morning. Here's these teenagers. You know they were out at Lookout Point or wherever it is on Lake Worth there by Fort, uh, or in uh, Fort Earth, Texas. You're thinking they're probably high on something. Probably stole alcohol from their parents, something. And now they got this story of this goat man on top of their car. You know, two two of the teens say they saw it. Of course, the other ones were in the vehicle. They felt it on top of the car, herded on top of the car. So picture yourself, you're this sergeant and these yahoos roll in. Okay, okay, okay. Well, let's go look at the car. Let's see if there's any damage or anything. That'll make it real quick. So he goes outside and the roof of this vehicle, there's an 18-inch gash in the sheet metal of this car. Now, let's set the stage real quick. This is like 1960. Let's say it's 65. So you figure a teenager's driving this car. Let's say for argument's sake that he didn't even borrow his parents' car. Say he's got his shit halfway together. He's got his own car. So he's probably driving a 55. Let's say if it's 65, he's probably driving a 55. Back then, I would hope most folks would be familiar with those older cars. But let's just say you're not. Back then... They basically put sheet metal on these cars like fucking armor. You know that sheet metal was there, not only for looks, and to, and to, and to have your favorite color on this damn thing, but it was there as armor. That was the thought process back then. It was not, it wasn't this crumple zone shit that we've got now. You know, let the car take the energy, that type of thing. Not saying that's wrong. Science is right. Disperse the energy around the vehicle, blah blah blah, the whole thing. But the the thought process back then was let's make this as tough as possible to save whoever's inside. Now don't forget, this is also the time where we had those you had steel dashboards and no seat belts. Think about that for a second. Let that soak in. Steel dashboards, no seat belts. You know, of course you don't have any airbags, anything like that. So that the outside of this vehicle the thought process is that we need to make this like a tank. It needs to be as tough as fucking possible to absorb any, any, any outside intrusion into the passenger cabin. So you've got an 18 inch gash in this sheet metal in the roof of this vehicle. That's legit. It's not aluminum. It's not plastic. It's not fiberglass. This is that 1950s armor plated sheet metal. You were just this side of a military vehicle and your grocery go-getter. And so you've got this 18-inch gash in the roof. And the cop's like, oh, okay. You know, Unless these teens went home and got tools and put this in their roof, something happened here. So the sheriff decides that he's going to go and he's going to go and he's going to check it out. Search parties were put together. Of course, the, the local newspaper is just eating it up. You know, goat man at Lake Worth and the whole the whole fucking thing. So you had deputies out there. Of course, now you've got ranchers out there because don't forget, this is also around the time of, you know, we saw there in mid to late fifties, the advent of the, the, the ufology had just started to become a thing and the U S government's denying it. And we've talked about that before. We believe the connection was with the use of nuclear weapons and then Aliens deciding that, hey, maybe we need to take a look at these apes. What the hell are they doing? So it's around that time as well. And the reason that I bring that up is you had the, you had cattle mutilations, which you still do today, but you had unexplained cattle mutilations. Not Well, I, I guess another side note, it's not like exactly they're explained today either. But so the, the, the initial belief by these ranchers was, holy shit, this is what is tearing up my cattle that I can't see anywhere that I'm not able to catch. It's this fucking goat man thing. Well, he's got to go. So now you've got deputies out there armed. You're going to have concerned parents. I'm sure we're a group of them. uh, And then also ranchers. And everybody's out there armed. They want to kill this thing. And while I can't find any stories on humans being killed and believed to be goat man, what we do have is one of those search parties claims they had a car tire thrown at them. Uh, and then looked up on a, a bluff, a cliff. I'm not f- at all familiar with the area, but basically looked up a hill. And here is the silhouette of what they believe to be the goat man. And then he disappears. And I don't mean like he, he vanished into the air. I mean, it, the, the story basically is that he runs away. Somehow he's able to elude detection beyond that point. So you have, a, this is the, the the day after this happened to the kids. So now everybody's in, everybody's like, yes, this is legit Jeb. The the rancher with those cattle that got all ki- that were all killed. He had a tire thrown at him. So this is legit now. So the Fort Worth newspaper is just churning this thing. Churning it up, churning it up, churning it up. Oh, the goat man's real. So you've got people going out there trying to find him, trying to kill him. More teenagers are spotting it. And it goes to it goes to show that maybe this thing is out there. Maybe it is something that evolved. maybe it's maybe it is something that evolved from microbial space travel. Maybe it's a CIA experiment, but you've seen all these different people now have that input, have those things that happen. And it could be something, it could be something like Bigfoot. It could be something out there that we can't detect for whatever reason. If he's a military trained CIA experiment, maybe that's what he does. It was designed by the military to infiltrate behind enemy lines that's what the thing is designed for. It's designed to be out there and not be detected. So is that something that is that something that could be there? I mean, it's possible. I'm not sure how you disprove it, unless you just want to say, hey, it ain't real. But it goes in line with with Bigfoot. For me, you get to where now, with the advent of technology, that there should be something. There should be a video, a picture, something to at least make you go, huh? Maybe that's legit. Or the flip side of it, like, Oh wait, that's what that was. But you hear about those things and we can go back to the, the microbial stuff again that evolves just out of weird, weird shit. I mean, if, if you're to, if you're to believe that uh, from different planets, if you believe that somehow, some way these microbes from another planet traveled here, could we have these animals that have shot off in a different direction that, that belong to no family tree limb evolutionary tree limb of something, you know, like you've got, cause you've got all, you've got a lot of these out there. You've got, you've got of course, Bigfoot, which is probably Sasquatch most popular. He's the rock star. You know, he's like the Elvis of cryptids. And then you've got like the New Jersey devil, uh, goat man, We've got Loch Ness Monster. What else is there? Mothman? You know, what if all these things are somehow derived from other planets and that's why they're so strange to us? Maybe that's why it's so easy for them to to disappear because it just simply is not. They're just built that way. They're built to completely elude us. And the CIA thing with goat man, it it plays right into that story. Doesn't it like you want to create this creature that can infiltrate somewhere and completely disappear and not need to sustain itself on anything more than probably, I mean, what a goat would consume. I mean, he's out there mowing your lawn. It creates ideas that maybe it's plausible. You see what I'm saying? So the, the, the thought that this is out there and that it's been genetically designed to not be detected by us and we've got all these other cryptids that sort of you know fall into that maybe they're not designed by the cia but maybe it's this maybe it's it's extraterrestrial extra again with the word i can't say extraterrestrial there when I go back and edit this, maybe I just need to clip that in <laughs> every time I try to say that, just me screaming it off mic. anyway. So you have these animals that really don't fall in. Cause, because there's a, there's a bunch that we, we know of, there's a bunch that, you know, we, we can see every day and you look at them and you go, fuck did that happen? The, and the, the platypus is a perfect example, but even like giraffe, like we're going to make this really big, long neck horse. Go ahead, Jeffrey. Then we're gonna make you famous. We're gonna give you your own toy store. It's gonna be great. Does anybody remember Jeffrey the giraffe from Toys R Us? Am I dating myself? I guess Toys R Us has been around. It wasn't too long ago they went they went belly up. Walmart victim. Who the fuck doesn't want a toy store? How does that even happen? You can't sell enough toys. I mean, for God's sake, it's not like we're not procreating. It's not like there aren't kids everywhere. It's not like there aren't f- f- mid-40s guys like myself st- still still collecting toys. I'm staring at a shelf full of G.I. Joe. How does that even happen? It had to be mismanagement. You can't sell toys? I mean, it seems it seems suspect, doesn't it? Maybe it's a conspiracy. Maybe that's something else to look into. I think it's got to be really poor management you can't sell toys, what do you do? I sell toys. Oh, business must be fantastic. Actually. No, because Walmart. Okay. So anyway, moving on from that now. So the segues nicely into, in our, our last spot that we'll go over, which I'll probably end up on a real tangent here, which is why I've left so much time here at the end for this one a couple things here to get there. So with the goat man thing, a lot of it was media churning that up. You know, they want to sell newspapers. You know, this is the 60s, we want to sell newspapers. You know, today it would be we we want clicks. You know, they give you that that headline and they want you to click it. You know, they want you to go there. So it's the same thing back then. The difference was it was on a a smaller scale and and we're talking about A goat man. So an interesting thing happened on the way to the podcast. Speaking of media manipulation. And how it factors into politics. And I'll tie all this together. Eventually. If you just stick with me. Jerry Falwell. Is anybody familiar with that guy? Jerry Falwell Jr. Anyone familiar? Jerry Falwell Jr. Is the former president owner of Liberty university. It's an evangelical Christian university uh, that basically uh, you can get a degree from. And when you get a degree from them, basically your degree is in going out and recruiting more Christian evangelicals is really what it, what it boils down to. We're going to give you a degree in brainwashing your pals so that they can come here and give me more money. So recently, within the last few days here, it probably wasn't a few days, doesn't matter, Jerry Falwell Jr. resigns from Liberty University saying, you know, it's time for me to go on. My wife has had an affair. I need to get my life in order, which is a really cool way of of, uh, spinning that story, which we're going to hop into here in a minute. But basically, what has come out is this uh, Giancarlo uh, Granda guy started coming out with some information about Jerry and his wife, Becky. Becky with an I, because how the fuck else would you spell it? And I'm just going to quote some stuff here from Reuters, so you don't think I'm like, this isn't a, a an opinion piece. This is This is shit that happened. We'll get into my opinion later. From Reuters, uh, this uh, Granda, Giancarlo Granda, says that he was 20 years old when he met Jerry and Becky Falwell while working as a pool attendant at the Fontainebleau Miami Beach Hotel in March of 2012. Starting that month and continuing to 2018, Granda told Reuters that the relationship involved him having sex with Becky Falwell while Jerry watched. Now this seems really far out there for this, you know, Christian evangelical guy, you know, maybe, you know, obviously he's a millionaire. His dad made a bunch of fucking cash going around the world and spouting his Christian, uh, his Christian beliefs. Uh, A lot of people fell in love with him. Jerry Falwell was the man, blah, blah, blah. So it could be one of those things where this guy's just like, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work them for some money. And this is my payday. I had some, you know, I did talk to them. They did know me. Uh, it's time for me to get paid. Fuck them. I'm going to take them down. Well, so plausible deniability and all that, but then grandish, then this is quoting. I'm quoting Reuters again. Granda showed Reuters emails, text messages, and other evidence that says, he says, demonstrate the sexual nature of the relationship with the couple who have been married since 1987 and quote, Becky and I developed an intimate relationship and Jerry enjoyed watching from the corner of the room. <laughs> can you even imagine <laughs> So here you are, you're this 20 year old kid know this 20 year old kid. And she's, she's, she's okay. I mean, you know, she's all right. Um, I'm sure you can you can go <clears throat> Google her if you want. <clears throat> not the, not the Google this segment, <laughs> but you can Becky with an I B E C K I fall. you can see pictures. She's not bad, but you figure a 20 year old guy, the opportunity, the opportunity to bang out this milf. Okay. So he intimate relationship and Jerry enjoyed watching from the corner of the room. That would be it. Really? Like, wouldn't that be the killer? Like, okay, look, you, yeah, you can, you go ahead. You can, you can bang her, but I'm going to watch. What? (laughs) What? I mean, whatever you're into, I'm not kink shaming anybody. Just that's, that would kill it. It would, it would absolutely kill it for me. And so anyway, watch it from the corner of the room. Granted, then later says in the interview, at November 29th, that he described the li- liaisons as frequent multiple times per year and said that encounters took place at hotels in Miami and New York and at the Falwell's home in Virginia. His friendship with the Falwell's eventually soured and uh, in part because he wanted to dissolve his ties and the couple fell into a business re- uh, business dispute with them. Now, the thing here is Falwell, knowing this guy, Falwell ends up, now this is a Christian a- evangelical dude, right? So for, forget about him jerking off in the corner, watching his wife get railed. Okay, for just put that aside for a second. Here, I know it's tough, right? That mental picture sink, sink in. Got it? Yeah, I know it's fucking crazy. So anyway, so forget him whacking off in the corner while his wife's getting boned. He invests with this granda kid. He goes in on a gay hostel, gay. A gay hostel in Miami. Is there anything wrong with that? No. What's wrong with it is, is that he's a Christian evangelical by the by the book. Christian Christian Christianity. Gay relationships are wrong. But they can have my money and I can make money off of them. So he invests in this, this gay hostel in Miami. And there's actually it's it's there's more than that. But just just that alone on the face of it, right? So so he goes, he goes in and, and he's he's invested in this. So Jerry comes back and he he blames Becky for the affair saying that that uh she she definitely fucked the pool boy um but that it was behind his back he had nothing to do with it absolutely you know he certainly certainly wasn't in the corner watching it all happen uh the, the, so Falwell issues a statement with the Washington Examiner uh in, in which he says that the the wife had an affair and that um he had been trying to extort money from the couple over the matter because they wanted to keep it quiet Um, he, uh, Granda denies, I'm quoting again, Granda denies any such intent saying he was seeking to negotiate a buyout from the business arrangement. He says he had with the couple, the material Granda showed Reuters includes screenshots from what Granda said was the FaceTime conversation he had with the Falwells in 2019. Remember they got together in 2012. This is from 2019, right? During that call, Granda said Becky was naked as the two discussed their relationship while Jerry peeked from behind the door. Bible thumping something. I bet he was. <clears throat> uh, Reuters was able to verify Granda's description of the screenshots, obviously because they saw him. Uh, Granda also shared an audio recording that he says he captured the conversation with the Falwells in 2018. In it, Becky complained about Granda describing his relationships with other people. He's like telling me every time he hooks up with people, like I don't have feelings or something. Jerry then chimes in, you're going to make her jealous. <laughs> What? Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like you twisted fucks. Again, whatever you're into. The problem is, is that these people would have these discussions. These things go on and then, and then go back to Liberty University. They're educating people on how to then indoctrinate people into the Christian faith by thumping their Bible. Meanwhile, they're at the house face timing with, a with, in, in their terms, a kid, he's not underage. He's not, not underage. They met when they were 20. So by this, by this time in 2018, he was 20 and 20 or in 20 and, uh 2012. So by this time, you know, he's 26 year old. This He's a, he's a man, but in terms for them, this is a kid ha, about half their age. You're going home and you're talking about being jealous that he's living a 26 year old life. And from time to time, you know, he decides that, you know, he's going to rail your milf in front of you and you get to jerk off earlier text show quoting again earlier text show a friendly and romantic dynamic between grand and becky falwell one 2012 text text message which grand has said came from becky read in part right now i'm just missing you like crazy have you had this effect on all your lady friends oh so this story is out there and the reason it's getting leaked out now and we're going to move. I'm now moving into the, the, the media manipulation and the conspiracy uh, portion of our podcast. I just thought this was a really good example. So basically the story behind it is, it is like this and the way it all it all, all these dots connect into, of course, our podcast and how you haven't heard about it until now. Back in 2016, now at this point, uh, Grand has been um, the 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 24 year old at the time has has been banging out the mill for about four years. Fallwell in the corner. Don't forget that part, because that makes it that makes it all the better. Fallwell in the corner, whacking it, watching his wife get railed by this dude. At that point in time in 2016. Uh, mid 2016 Falwell had all but endorsed Ted Cruz. Now remember in 2016, where we were at, we were in the heat of a presidential election race. And at the time, no real evangelical backing had come out for anyone. Now Ted Cruz's dad is a a reverend, a minister reverend. I forget what it is. You can look it up, but, but he's, he's a, he's, he's one of those dudes. So it was a foregone conclusion that Falwell going to back this guy because I mean, wh- why wouldn't he? His dad's a, his dad's a man of faith. And I'm not saying anything about, uh, the senior crews. I have no information about him anyway, but I'm just gonna <laughs> birds of a feather. Okay. That phrase never fails. Never fails. Birds of a feather. Anyway, for all the, for all intents and purposes, there's no reason why Falwell wouldn't come out and, and back Cruz. Even to the point where when, if you, if you look back when Ted Cruz announced his candidacy to run for president, he did it at Liberty university. He did it in the in the arena at Liberty university. Now who is the president and owner of Liberty university? That's right. That's right. Jerry Falwell jr. So there were already connections there. It was, it was, th- this, this was going to happen. So he's going to back, he's going to, he's going to back uh, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz. Suddenly in the last moments where it looked like Ted Cruz was probably going to take this thing. Once he locked up that evangelical vote, Ted Cruz was going to be the Republican nom- uh, nominee to take on Hillary Clinton. We could have had a very different presidency regardless of the winner. But let, even if, even if you, you, you say that, you know, forget Hillary, she had no chance, fine, whatever. If you decide that Ted Cruz is president, we had a very different last four years uh, coming up till now, or last three years coming up until now. But suddenly in the last moments, Falwell backs Trump and even Ted, Ted and his dad are both like, what the fuck? What the, what the fuck was that? Can you even imagine those conversations? Like I announced in your fucking arena. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Like this was supposed to be our gig. Like you were supposed to have my back. Like what's going on? There's no explanation whatsoever. It never comes out in the news. Nobody understands why, why all of a sudden would Falwell, you know, when it, when it looked like he was going this direction, all of a sudden he flips, he's going to back, he's going to back Donald Trump. And with that backing and the evangelicals coming in behind him and the Bible thumpers that believe and Christianity and they go to church on Sunday and they, they talk shit about people the other six days of the week, because that's what they fucking do. Those folks all decided we're, we're voting for Trump. Jerry says so. And then all the other prominent evangelicals of course fell in line because of the, the money and the power that Jerry Falwell Jr. Has in that community. Super interesting, right? It wasn't an informed decision on the part of Jerry Falwell to, Oh, oh, well, you know, Donald Trump's going to be the better candidate. I'm going to back him. No, no, no. There's recordings and reports now that none other than Michael Cohen. Now, do we know who he is? Does everybody, does everybody remember who Michael Cohen is? Michael Cohen has been, has been tagged even, even by Fox news as Donald Trump's fixer for years. Donald Trump's personal attorney, he was the fixer. He's the one that, remember, he was the one that paid off the porn star. Remember? That Trump said he had no idea. I've never met her before. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. I never gave her any money. And, of course, it all came out. So this is the guy that does this. Cohen gets a hold of this story. Cohen hears about this. In 2016, this grand kid's shopping this shit around. Like, look, this guy owes me money. Look, I've got this info. He decides, well, maybe we can make it go away. And don't forget the ties that Trump and Cohen have to the guy that with the Inquirer. So while it's not confirmed that that's what happened, it is confirmed that Granda was trying to tell this story back in 2016. And then all of a sudden the story goes away. And then now it comes back after this financial deal had fallen through. So basically, uh, let's let's see. Um uh, uh, too much in the pretext money. I'm trying to find the real estate, uh the real estate part of the story here so that we can go. Oh, it's just crazy. You should see the pictures, how creepy it is, the pictures of these two together. And I'm not even talking about the, the wife. I'm not even talking about Becky and this guy. I'm talking about the the guy. So anyway, Fallwell invests there was some kind of fraud involved with uh this hostel, this gay hostel. And again, I'm not I'm not king. If that's what you're into, dude, that's what you're into. Like I don't, I don't, I could care less what any of you do in your bedroom. I've always said, if it doesn't involve children and it doesn't involve animals, I don't give a fuck. I don't care what you do. Go have fun. Have a great time as long as everybody's consenting. And again, no animals, no kids. Have a great time you know, put on the, the, the furry suit and run around in your backyard. I, I don't, with no ass. I, I can't, I don't care. I don't care. Ashless, assless chaps. I don't care. Good for you. But to have that go on and then go back and then go back to your Christian university where you're indoctrinating these people to basically indoctrinate more people and then praise Jesus while you're allowing and you're complicit to your wife having carnal, carnal relations with another man. I'm trying to, how I can letting her get railed by another dude while you jerk off in the corner and then want to be, and and then want to be captain (coughs) Pius. That's what's wrong with it. So that's more media manipulation and that segues nicely. (laughs) So the conspiracy theory there is, is that they basically leveraged Falwell to get the evangelicals to back Trump. It locks up part of the election or locks up a a large base uh, for those votes for him. And things like this go on all the time. And that's what I want to cover. The conspiracy theory here isn't that Falwell's wife is is getting hammered. While he watches the conspiracy theory here is, is how the mini media will manipulate you and I I can cl- always, and you, you always know anybody that's listened before. If this is your first time listening, I'll just clarify whenever I speak badly about humans as a whole, I always include myself because I'm just, I'm the same as everybody else. I'm not, I'm not sitting up here on high and, and looking down my nose at anybody else. Humans are humans. We're inherently greedy and shitty beings. So they manipulate the general public and the elites. And this is where our Google this comes. Everybody ready? I'm going to have to dig up the, the the music for the Google this. But Google this. Google this today. Google six media corporations. That's all you got to Google. Six media corporations. By 2011, 90% of the United States media was controlled by six media conglomerates. It doesn't matter your political affiliation. It doesn't matter what you believe in. It doesn't matter your, your religious views. of the news you're getting all come from these six dudes. These are the mega elite. These are the people that shape our country and they don't have to get voted into office. They've got enough cash, enough clout, and enough. Their voice is loud enough because of the, the media companies that they own. They can tell you and I how to think. And what they want to do, what they want to do is keep us at each other's necks. If you go and you watch any news story today, I don't care. It doesn't matter what you watch. You're going to have your own preference. You're going to have your own thoughts and views, and that's perfectly fine. Go watch whatever your favorite media outlet. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, 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 that new shit, OAN or, or Fox News or fucking MSNBC, ABC, CBS, the story, barring the hurricane right now, which I'll touch on that in a second. I think that's part of it too. Not the hurricanes are real. Don't get too far off in the weeds on that just stick with me it doesn't matter where you go and watch the headline is they're bad they they are bad they and whoever they might might be is directed away from their audience they are bad they they the republicans they the democrats they the the black folks they the white folks they the the russians they the, the Brazilians, they, they are bad. They are bad. That's the headline of every single story. When you look at it and you read it, they are bad. The reason that they do this is once the people find out that we're all the same, we all have the same aspirations. We all want to be healthy, happy, and safe. That's it. That's all we want. Every single one of us at the, the very bottom line, regardless of your, 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 your faith, your political leaning, Healthy, safe, and happy is what everybody wants. Everybody, everyone, every single fucking person, everyone, every human on the planet. That's what we want. And as soon as we realize that and we realize that these media elites in in government uh, and the media conglomerates, the people that own these banks as soon as we figure that out and realize that we are not the enemy it is not they are the problem the problem are the people that own these banks the people that own the media companies the politicians that are in office and they keep us at our throat keep us at each other's throats because as soon as we figure out that we have the power that we put our 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 thoughts our worries our concerns aside and realize that the most important thing is that we're safe, healthy, and happy and realize that that's what you want too. That's what your neighbor wants. If you're listening to this in your car right now, the person in front of you, beside you, behind you, they all want the exact same thing and that's what they want. And we're manipulated into thinking that that's not the case. And these media conglomerates control the media and they keep us at each other's throats because they don't want us to realize it. And we can document that as we look back through history one of the most perfect examples of one of the most greatest revolutions of all time is the American revolution. When we rose up 13 colonies, 13 colonies of ragtag should have got our ass kicked. Day one people came together and took on the, the, the world's greatest colonial power at the time. So powerful, so powerful that was, was Britain at the time that don't forget that you can look back just as recently as the mid nineties as when they started relinquishing the, the, their colonies, they held colonies up through the mid nineties. Now you still got like British Virgin islands that, that type of thing. But I'm talking like, if you look like Hong Kong was the biggest last vestige of British colonialism, it lasted until the nineties. The majority of the people listening to this podcast right now probably remember it. That's how powerful they were. They had their fingers everywhere. They were literally dominated the planet. And these 13 colonies said, no, hold on a minute. We have our own vision. This is what we're going to do. And the way we did it was communication. It wasn't about being tougher. It wasn't about being smarter, smarter it certainly wasn't about being more uh, well organized there wasn't a more well oiled machine than the british navy or the british redcoats there just wasn't The a more well oiled military machine probably didn't come into fruition un, until i would i would say i would say 1930s either either 1930s germany or 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 the the same with the United States, there was not a more well-oiled military machine until those two groups. Cause everybody was still sort of scattered during world war I, So He sort of put that aside, but we did it through communication. And if you look back on, then we had the advent of the, the printing press and who ran the printing presses. The people did regular people bought printing presses like the copier or the, the, the printer that you've got in your home office or in your kitchen or wherever the hell it is at your house. They printed flyers and news stories and they, they communicated with one another. It wasn't controlled by some big conglomerate. Paul Revere, Paul Revere had his infamous ride, but he was also a guy that printed a little tiny newspaper and led that charge. The exact same thing happened in France when they overthrew the monarchy. They controlled the media. The advent of the printing press and the people that owned it were the people and they overthrew they overthrew a monarchy a monarchy that at the time don't forget at the time was the one of the most powerful nations in europe i mean literally running rampant through western europe beating the shit out of everybody spain had sort of let their guard down spain and portugal had more had focused more on the americas and competing uh, excuse me they'd focused more on the americas and competing with with Britain. So France with Napoleon in the lead had run roughshod through Europe, doing just whatever the fuck they wanted to do. So the military power was there, but with the advent of and the printing press and the media and the able to, the the ability to unify people, they overthrew a monarchy. Now, it all sort of went sideways later. They put the, you know, they put the directory together and never forget that, you know, Napoleon was a, I mean, he was just a strategic genius and that's how he eventually went in. He overthrew that government and turned it into a dictatorship and there's a whole story that goes along with that, but there's no reason to cover the French Revolution on this podcast. But the the bottom, the point is, the bottom line is that the advent of the printing press, the the view that they saw what had happened in the United States and how they were over, they were able to overthrow the great, I mean, military power of Britain along with their help. The French learned a lot about that as well. Don't forget. We wouldn't have won the American revolution without the help of the, of the, of the French uh, government. If you don't know that, I suggest going and looking it up. So say what you want to about France. France. You know, but th- that is a fact that, yes, we were a-, a bunch of ragtag, scrappy folks, and we took on the British Empire and we won, but we wouldn't have fucking done it without France. But anyhow, with that view and what we had learned, what the people of France had learned, they well, we can get rid of ours, too. We can get rid of this guy. And they did. And like I said, it was very flimsy and later on Napoleon was able to, to manipulate it in the, a bloodless uh, coup that installed him in power and then the same thing. But and, and another another perfect example, like I said, the greatest revolutions in history of our planet happened because we con- we the people, I'm speaking as we the people controlled the media. Another great example is as you look at there at the end of World War one, And the Russian revolution, they ousted the monarchy. Uh, It was the advent of communism. Now, whether you can have your view on communism any way you want works, doesn't work, obviously doesn't work, Um, which goes back to more anthropological stuff. People are inherently greedy um, and, and, and inherently jealous. So while communism looks great on paper, it will never work in practice. Um, so, but anyway, I'm going to head down that road, the Russian people controlled the media and they put their differences aside and the, the soldiers that had come back from world war one and had been treated like such shit decided that we're done. The monarchy's gone. So the czar, uh, flees, I think it was Nicholas Nicholas, the first or second. I don't know. But anyway, he bails, uh, he bails, abdicates the throne. That's when you you begin. Um, was it Stalin or Lenin? I can't remember. My Russian Revolution history escapes me at the moment. But basically, it was it was the installation of of communism? Who was the? Oh we're gonna have to Google that. Lenin came to power. I think it was Lenin. Yeah. So the Bolshevik party, Vladimir Lenin in the uh, October uh, revolution was when Lenin became um, the leader after all that. And part of the revolution uh, and the installation of communism and uh, yeah. So, but the, the key factor, and these are the three, Great rebellions that shaped our planet, the shape that, I mean, really shaped our planet today. Not only, not only just in those times of where leading up to, to world war one and then post world war one for, for Russia and get, and going into world war two, it shaped our planet. And the, the, the reason it shaped our planet and the, the, how they did it was the people controlled the media and the elites didn't understand that. But the elites have a bunch of cash and they're well educated and they know that now they've learned from history. They've learned from it. So when you hear voices talking about how we need to ignore the media, we need to go out and find our own news. We need to go out and and begin listening to each other and not listening to what the talking heads on television are telling you and I, those are the people you need to listen to. Those are the revolutionaries. Those are, it's not the loudest voice they're allowing you to see on MSNBC. It's not the loudest voice that they're allowing you to see on Fox News or CBS or MS or excuse me or 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 ABC. Those folks are the folks that they're allowing you to hear. They're not the voices that you need to be paying attention to. The people you need to be paying attention to are the ones asking for union among everybody, regardless of, of race, creed, color, doesn't matter. The real conspiracy is that six companies control every bit of news that ever goes into your eyeballs and ear and earholes every single day. And until you be able to, to, until you're able to curate that for yourself, until you're able to look at that through a lens of That headline is they are the enemy. You'll see it today. Take one day, take one day that you're listening to this podcast. When you watch the news tonight, identify the enemy in every news story. Some of the news that you're going to see today is going to be about Hurricane Laura. I was going to touch on that earlier, but I don't want to get too far in the weeds before I got into the, the revolutionary stuff because I wanted to, I wanted that to underline. The controlling the media, your media outlets, unless you're turning on the weather channel, you're kind of a weather dork like me. I love watching that stuff. When you turn on your news today, that lead story might be Laura, but they're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. And I'll tell you why. The reason is you're going to see people hurting. You're going to hear about dead people. You're going to hear about people losing their homes. You're going to, you're going to hear about their, losing their livestock, the cattle population in the, in the area where Laura hit is massive. That part of, that part of, uh, Eastern Texas into Louisiana, a lot of cattle in that area. You're going to, so people losing their livelihoods, not just losing their home, not just losing their car or maybe a family member, but losing their livelihood, no way to come back, no way to rebuild, no way to get their life back on track. They're not going to want to tell you that story. They're not going to want to tell it to you for that long. And the reason they're not going to tell it to you is because there's no enemy. You're going to feel sorry for those people. You're going to have empathy. You're going to realize, fuck, these people need help. These people need help. They need hope because they're, they're not safe. They're not healthy and they're not happy right now. These people need help. They need my help. If they linger too long on that story, the narrative goes away. Oh, who's the enemy? Who's the enemy? Weather? What? We can't have them fight weather. They need to fight each other. And if they're fighting each other, they're too fucking busy to be fighting me, which means I stay safe, which means I keep my money, which means I stay in power. That's the conspiracy. I talked about how I wanted to start covering more of the conspiracy theories, more of stuff like that. This is the stuff I want to talk about. It's a paranormal podcast. We're going to talk about goat men. We're going to talk about UFOs. We're going to talk about ghosts, but stories like these are the real conspiracy out there. This is real stuff. The way you can have an evangelical and a wealthy evangelical leader manipulate the vote of a lot of people because they believe in him. And it was done by a guy saying, Hey, we can make the story go away. The exact same thing happens every single day. You don't hear that part of the story. I don't hear that part of the story. Again, I'm not trying to sound I'm any better than anyone else. The best way I've found to do it is to look, look at the news. Who are they trying to make me hate? They are the enemy. Find the same news story, go to three different websites, watch two different news channels, whatever it is you need to do to start, start curating your own news and to begin to understand it. And you'll see it. You'll see that your neighbor's not your enemy. Or, or, you know, I'm very, I'm very left. I'm a Democrat, but the Republic, the Republican guy next door is not my enemy. He may still be convinced that he is. I'm not. Once you begin to look at these things, you start to see these conspiracies. They 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 just materialize in front of you, and they're real. They're absolutely real. It's not Pizzagate and Epstein and all that, which let's face it, that you know, I mean that's becoming even more real every day with the facts we figure out. How is Maxwell not dead? Giselle is that how you pronounce her name? Giselle Maxwell, Jazine? whatever. G. Maxwell, how is she not dead? I fully expected her to be dead by now. I guess if she dies too, that puts way too big of a spotlight on it. We start questioning that Epstein didn't kill himself. The thing about it is they have so much power. They don't give a fuck. They knew you and I would know they would. They knew that we would know and they don't fucking care. And they killed Jeffrey Epstein right out in front of everybody. It didn't even matter. They don't give a shit because they control the news cycle. They control what you th- what you see. And the majority of the people listening to this, you may go back and you, you may take my advice, looking at every news story, they are the enemy. But a lot of people out there don't. They don't see it. The vast majority of people do not see it. Everybody around you, they don't see it. It's absolutely fucking real how they control. They mind control everyone and they do it right out in front of everybody. Because what are you going to do? You're going to be, you're going to be one dude with a podcast trying to tell everybody, look, pay attention to this. It's the one platform I have. So I guess, I mean, I will. There's others out there too, but it's slim. Very few. It's something to consider. It's something to look at. I hope you will safe, happy and healthy. That's what your neighbor wants. That's the the guy that they've convinced you that that, that you need to hate on the news. That's what he wants. That's what everybody wants. They'll convince you. Otherwise they'll try to anyway. That's it. Episode 24 in the books. I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you listening to the Art Cities Paranormal Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you listening to Art Cities Paranormal Podcast. Make sure to come back. Give us a, a subscribe. Uh, rate us if you can. If you enjoyed what you heard. Again, if it's your first time, really glad you stuck it out with us. <laughs> stuck it out with me. Listen to me ramble. Hopefully we'll, you'll uh, come back and listen to the next one. But sincerely appreciate you guys listening. Take this week to watch news differently. It'll change your mind. Take this week to understand that everybody around you wants to be safe. They want to be happy and they want to be healthy. That's it. Use this week to do that. You'll feel better too. Once you let go of that shit they're feeding you, you'll feel better. So you go out and be safe, be happy, be healthy and make sure that you also stay weird. Thanks for listening everybody.